Welcome to the Good Growing Podcast. I am Ken Johnson, horticulture educator with the University of Illinois Extension, coming to you from Jacksonville, Illinois. And on this week's Garden Bite, we're going to talk about avoiding insect bites. Not stings, but bites. So we're going to talk about how you can avoid being bitten by insects like mosquitoes and buffalo nets. And even though they're not insects, we'll throw ticks in there as well. To start, we will talk about black flies or buffalo nets. And like the name implies, these are small black flies. They're about 16th to an eighth of an inch long. And they have a humped back or humpback-like appearance. And this hump kind of resembles a buffalo or a bison. Uh, So that's how they get their other common name, uh, buffalo gnats. Both the males and females are going to feed on nectar or other sugary liquids. But like mosquitoes, in order to lay eggs, the females need to take a blood meal. So the females are going to be attracted to carbon dioxide, dark objects, as well as some of the chemicals given off by sweat, again, similar to mosquitoes. So when they find their host, they'll land on them. They actually have scissor-like mouthparts that they will bite you with, and then they can start taking up blood. And these bites from buffalo gnats can cause itching, swelling. Some people will get red welts. Other people can be allergic to that saliva from those flies, and they can have an allergic reaction. Here in Illinois, we have 12 different species of buffalo gnats, but not all of them are going to feed on humans. Some of them can be kind of specific to certain types of animals. So there may be some that only feed on birds, some that feed primarily on humans, and so on. So for the life cycle of buffalo gnats, after that female takes a blood meal and she mates, she's going to lay her eggs in or near uh, running water. Typically, they'll lay between 150 and 500 eggs um, over their lifetime. Most species of buffalo gnats are going to overwinter as eggs. Come spring, they will hatch, and those larvae will attach to rocks or other substrate in the water. And they have fan-like mouthparts, so they'll wave those around in the water, and they'll capture things like algae, bacteria, other small organic matter in the water, and that's what they'll feed on. Eventually, those larvae will get big enough, they will pupate, and then they will emerge as an adult. Buffalo gnats are capable of flying up to 10 miles, but fortunately for us, typically we only usually see them about a half a mile from where they were born, from that water source. So if you don't live very close to a stream or somewhere with moving water, you have less of a chance of encountering uh, buffalo gnats. They're going to be most active on calm days, just after sunrise, just before sunset, and adults can live for a few weeks. Fortunately, once temperatures start to warm up, once water temperatures start to reach about the mid-70s, egg hatching starts slowing down and stopping, and the adult population will just kind of slowly decline. So when it comes to dealing with buffalo nets, there's not much we can do to kill them. Again, they're in moving water. There are no pesticides we can apply to moving water, really. So what we need to do is try to prevent bites. Easiest way to do this is to avoid infested area so if you know of an area that's just got a lot of buffalo gnats don't go there if you need to go there try to go when they're going to be least active so again they're they're going to be most active early in the morning and around dusk so go during the middle of the day you're going to be less likely to less likely to encounter them then they are not particularly strong flyers so if you live in an area where there is a lot of them if you're outdoors you have a fan that can help reduce the amount of bites you get as well You want to try to cover as much of your skin as possible. Less skin that's exposed, less areas they can bite you. Try to use clothing that has zippers. Clothing that buttons, you have those openings. Flies can make their way in there and bite you that way. Again, since they're attracted to dark objects, try to wear light-colored clothing. Makes Makes it a little more difficult for you to be found by them as well. 
You can also wear insect repellent that contains DEET uh, to try to avoid being bitten. A lot of people also report that vanilla, vanilla scented things can help repel them as well. And then as temperatures warm up again, those populations will start declining. These aren't going to be a problem for long periods of time like something like mosquitoes would be. And you may think we're seeing more buffalo gnats now than we used to maybe 20, 30 years ago. And there's a reason for this. So again, they are aquatic as larvae and they do not do well in really polluted waters. So as our waters have become cleaner, we're starting to get more buffalo gnats. So that silver lining to more buffalo gnats is that we have cleaner water sources. May not be that much of a silver lining if you're constantly being bitten though. So the other biting insects or, or critters that we have out there that we commonly encounter are going to be mosquitoes and ticks. So for mosquitoes, there's some things you can do in your landscape to help reduce mosquito populations, especially those that more of those container breeding type insects. So things like house mosquito and Asian tiger mosquito, which is the ones that people most commonly are going to encounter. Because these are capable of reproducing in small amounts of water, we want to try to get rid of standing water on our properties. So if you've got a bird bath, waiting pool for the kids, make sure you're emptying that at least weekly. Same thing if you have saucers under your flower pots. You should empty it more than once a week. You don't want your pot sitting in that. But in the case of mosquitoes, again, making sure you're emptying that water at least once a week. It takes the larvae about five to seven days to complete their life cycle. So if we do this weekly or a little more frequently, we can break that life cycle so they're not emerging as adults. If you have an ornamental or a garden pond, you can stock it with minnows, mosquito fish, other surface feeding fish um, that'll feed on that. Koi are vegetarians, so they're not going to eat mosquito larvae. You can also put mosquito dunks or some products that contain BTI or Bacillus thuringiensis israeliensis. And this is going to be specific to mosquito and a few other fly, aquatic fly larvae. Uh, it's not going to affect other types of insects. It's not going to affect fish or amphibians, uh, other things that may be living in your water. And that stuff will kill mosquito larvae. If you have a pool, make sure the chemical levels are correct in there. So make sure you're properly chlorinated. If the chemistry is all right in those pools, you should not have insect larvae, mosquito larvae, able to survive in there. So if you do, your chemical levels are off somewhere and that needs to be checked. We also have ticks. Tick populations in Illinois have been increasing for the last several years. So some ways we can try to avoid ticks. Typically, we're going to find them in areas where they have a lot of vegetation, whether that be forested areas, prairie settings, a lot of tall grasses, things like that can also have a lot of tick populations. So we want to try to avoid those areas if possible. If you're going on a hike through the woods or through a prairie, try to stay in the middle of trails. Try to avoid brushing up against the vegetation. That's where ticks will hang out and then they'll either jump or crawl onto you so they can start feeding on you. Uh, wear light-colored clothing so it's easier to find ticks on you, crawling on you, so you can get them off. You also want to tuck your pants into your socks so that way they can't climb up your pants legs and start feeding on you. If you're out in areas that have a lot of ticks, uh, you want to do frequent tick checks, not only on yourself, but if you have any anybody else with you, if you have kids, pets, stop every once in a while and do a tick check. If you find any ticks, get them off of you. If you find a tick that has attached to you or somebody else, you want to take tweezers, grab that tick on its head so as close to your skin as possible and pull that straight out. You don't want to twist. If you do that, you risk breaking off the head in you and that can lead to an infection. You don't want to burn them. You don't want to smother them. If you do that, there's a good chance they may regurgitate the contents of their gut into you. And if they're carrying any disease, that's now been introduced into your body. So you want to try to avoid doing that as well. If you're out in an area with a lot of ticks um, and you have any kind of unexplained rash, start developing a fever, you want to go to your doctor. Again, ticks can transmit several diseases and you want to try to get that diagnosed as soon as possible. 
as far as ticks and mosquitoes go, wearing an insect repellent containing DEET, 20 to 30% DEET is going to be the best. 100% DEET kind of evaporates real quickly and does not last as long as 20 to 30%. So looking at that, applying that uh, to exposed skin. If you're wearing sunscreen as well, put your sunscreen on first, then your insect repellent. If you're going to be going out in areas that are infested with ticks or mosquitoes quite often, you can also treat your clothing with permethrin, or you can buy clothing that has been already been treated with permethrin to help avoid tick and mosquito bites as well. So just a few things we can do to try to avoid some insect bites this spring and summer. As always, thanks for listening and keep on growing.